But of course, in the big picture, we have all these other concerns, you know, with inflation and debt and deficit spending and and perhaps even a, a deflationary slowdown and a bloated stock market. So there's a lot of reasons that I believe gold and silver will continue to move higher as we go forward. So any pullback, in my opinion, would just be something that would be temporary. Welcome to Wealthion. I'm Wealthion founder Adam Taggart here. I'm being joined today by goldsilver.com's precious metals senior analyst, Jeff Clark. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Adam. It's great to join you again. Thanks. Well, look, we're filming this on Friday, March 18th, uh, right before I hop on the road for a week. And uh, you've kindly made yourself available so that folks have some interesting content to watch while I'm away. Uh, and speaking of interesting content, um, since the last time you were on this channel, which was over a month ago, things have gotten very interesting in the gold market. And there are a couple of things I'd like to talk to you about. Um, one is to get your general reaction on the uh, action in gold that we've seen over the past month. Uh, it, it really began waking up. Uh, we hit an intraday all-time high uh, almost two weeks ago. Uh, price has drifted down a bit since then, but it's still, you know, in the 1900s. So curious to get your thoughts on sort of where we are in the grand bull cycle that we think may have started off here. Uh, secondly, there's been some really interesting news, which maybe we can dig into in just a second, um, where meme stock AMC, which is a movie chain company, ended up buying a very junior mining stock. Uh, so would love to get your, your reaction to that very unexpected news. Uh, and then third, when we had you on this program last, you revealed your personal uh, mining picks for an index that you call the GDX Jeff, uh, and uh, very courageously and publicly said you're, you're willing to, to be measured against the GDXJ, which is the uh, junior uh, precious metal stock mining uh, ETF out there, uh, betting that your portfolio will beat that over time. So I'd love to check in with you on how that index is doing. So um, if we can tackle maybe that list in order, uh, we've got uh, gold prices briefly back at a record high. Um, where do you think things stand right now as you look at the market? So it's interesting how gold went a little run there, about $250 in a relatively short period of time, right? A lot of that was uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But of course, gold had been rising prior to that, too, due to inflation concerns and things like that. Um, so it's not surprising, given that short, sharp run, that gold would take a breather here. Uh, it behaves like many other assets, right? When it goes on a big run, it's not uncommon for it to take a breather. So it wouldn't be surprising to me to see the gold price and silver kind of go sideways for a little bit here. Um, I don't know how long that'll be, but my point is it's not surprising to see it, it kind of cool off a little bit. And as we pointed out before, geopolitical issues and conflicts um, are not kind to the gold price when they resolve. So if there's a ceasefire or something that happens over in Ukraine, uh, some peace talks or something like that, that you know, end the conflict, it would not be surprising to see gold and silver uh, fall temporarily on that. But of course, in the big picture, we have all these other concerns you know, with inflation and debt and deficit spending and, and perhaps even a, a deflationary slowdown and a bloated stock market. So there's a lot of reasons that I believe gold and silver will continue to move higher as we go forward. 
So any pullback, in my opinion, would just be something that would be temporary. Okay, great. So you sort of look at this, uh, the, the most recent action, meaning sort of the cooling off from the, uh, the all-time high that we just saw uh, last week, as, as sort of a expected and understandable correction that you would see as, as prices beginning to uh, hopefully continue that bull run that, that we've been talking about for, for many months on this program. Um, all right, so uh, let's get on to the next bit of news, which was AMC Theaters buying Highcroft Mining Holding Corporation. They, they actually bought a 22% stake in this miner. Uh, I'll set the stage just a tiny bit, Jeff, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you jump in here. Um, so I would think it's fair to say that they sort of shocked the world with this acquisition. I think nobody, you know, before the news was announced, could come up with the logic of why a movie theater chain should buy a, a mining company. Um, and a really wonderful piece was just released today by Doomberg, who we had on this program a couple of weeks ago, um, really digging into this transaction. Um, and, you know, if you look, uh, at least looking through their eyes at, at uh, Highcroft, um, not only is it a junior mining company, but it was a highly distressed junior mining company. Um, it was uh, had many years of upheaval. Um, seems like a couple of years ago, the company placed all of its bets on this proprietary technology they said they were developing to be able to extract gold from the sulfide ore, which I guess is the type of ore that's in that mine. Um, so gold is, is trapped in that, that sulfide ore and elsewhere in the industry, it's it's hard to extract profitably that somehow Highcroft said, trust us, we've got this great you know, process underway. They raised some money around it. I think they raised some debt from uh, Eric Sprott's group, or at least from Sprott Inc. Um, and uh, Doomberg sort of iterates all the, the stumbling blocks along the way. But I know by the end of 2021, by Q3 2021, which wasn't all that long ago, uh, the chairman of the board resigned, the CEO resigned, they fired half of their workforce, and they ceased all run of mine operations. So like this was a highly distressed property. Now, uh, the CEO of AMC has said, well, you know, we're, we're familiar with highly undervalued companies. And, and we just sort of turned around ourselves, we're going to help this company turn around. I don't know what a movie theater executive thinks about running a gold mine, <laughs> particularly one that's really in trouble. Um, so I'd love to get your reaction. My two cents is this is probably a good step for the mining industry that it's just waking up a lot of people out there, particularly kind of the Wall Street bets crowd that's been heavily invested in AMC uh, to the, you know, the story of, of the precious metals mining industry, because it's a phenomenal story. And I think it plays along well with a lot of the reasons why these small traders are trying to take on Wall Street. Um, but I presume, Jeff, that that you would have recommended the AMC CEO buy a different miner than he did. Well, a couple of things. First, we have long speculated that a manufacturer that requires uh, silver, gold, battery metals in their manufacturing processes or their products might come along and actually buy a miner that's producing the metal or would soon be producing the metal because it locks up supply for them, right? The fun example would be Elon Musk at Tesla, you know, him buying maybe a silver mine because he's going to need a lot of silver if he comes anywhere close to reaching his goals by 2030 in terms of auto production. An EV electric vehicle uses about two thirds more silver than an internal combustion engine. So it's actually bigger than Elon Musk. It's any EV manufacturer. 
So there have been a couple that have come into the battery metal space and, and started buying into mines. And again, it's to, to shore up supply so they make sure they always have that supply available to them, right? That's not what this is with AMC. AMC has nothing to do with gold and silver manufacturing, you know, the, them being used in their manufacturing or their products. Although I guess we could say this gives new meaning to the word, the silver screen, right, Adam? So sorry, that was a bad, bad pun. But <laughs> the, the point is, uh, this has nothing to do with that. They didn't buy this because they need the product. They bought it simply for diversification investment purposes. Um, they did get a warrant with their investment, so that might help them, but that's only if this mine does well. So uh, it has been a problematic mine. Um, uh, they did have to shut production down. There's been a lot of turnover there. Uh, the mine is actually not too far from uh, when you and I might drive over Interstate 80 in Nevada going east, you know, it's, it's not far off the interstate there, uh, but it's a big operation. It's got uh, 15 million ounces of gold equivalent in the indicated category. So they, they'll claim, some articles claim they had 20 million ounces, but you'd have to add in the inferred ounces. And inferred, uh, you know, technically aren't resources. You can't get a, a loan based on inferred ounces, for example. So in the more confident category of resources, they have 15 million ounces of gold, uh, one third of which is silver. So it's a big gold and silver operation, right? Um, it, but it has had issues. Part of the issue is it is low grade. Now, a lot of big gold deposits on the Carlin trend in Nevada are low grade. This one is no exception, but that means that costs are critical in terms of them being able to turn a profit and, and that's where they've had an issue. But, but the point of AMC buying it is they bought it for investment purposes, just to diversify. And, uh, you know, I, you know, don't like to say negative things about companies. So I'll just say that, yes, I probably would have picked a different company when it comes to making an investment, you know. Uh, in All a, right. In a, so I want to pull on that for a second because, um, I, you know, I actually think you can make a really good case that companies should be sort of following suit. So I totally agree with you that if you're a company that um, relies on any of these products, and I think, you know, your example of sort of Tesla and silver, you know, that sort of just seems like a natural to me. But you have talked a lot in this program, especially recently, about uh, what's going on with corporate buybacks. And the way a company usually sort of justifies a corporate buyback is, is, hey, we can't find a better investment out there today than our own stock, right? And I think in most cases, you know, you react to that statement by saying, really? You know, of all the thousands and <laughs> right. thousands of investments out there, your stock is the absolute best one, right? <laughs> so I think for a lot of companies, you know, it, it, it's not a crazy idea to say, you know what, like, let's diversify our investment portfolio a little bit. And I think buying some gold and silver in the ground, particularly given the, the macro situation today, not a bad idea, right? It's almost like a different way to hold some of your cash reserves in some ways is, is a way Absolutely. to look at it. I'm not being critical of the idea. I'm just saying I probably would have chosen a different target, a different mine. Um, but yeah, this is that's my point really is this is very interesting because it, it's a company in a completely unrelated field, simply diversifying their cash because they were sitting on a lot of cash uh, by buying something that they think could be profitable. So what's, what could be interesting is if you see other companies start making a similar move, buying into gold, silver, 
a mining stock, a developer, uh, even explorer maybe, uh, simply because they want to uh, diversify or invest in something that they think is going to be a good investment. So we'll see if this turns into a trend, but that's the very different part about this than what we thought was going to happen where a, you know, a manufacturer that requires silver would come along. That's not what AMC is doing. And so I wonder if other companies might follow suit. Yeah. And, and that's sort of why I'm wishing along with you that they had picked a target maybe with some better prospects um, just because I would love it for this to be a success for them and to give management and other companies the same idea, right? Um, I'm going to put up a chart here too that Axel Merck uh, sent out uh, on Twitter this morning. Uh, the source is Bloomberg, but the um, uh, the chart basically here is, is mapping uh, capital expenditure in the gold mining sector versus the gold price. Uh, and what you can see right now is the industry is just highly starved for CapEx. Um, very sort of historically low uh, CapEx. Uh, and of course, the gold price is just hit an all-time high last week, as we just talked about, right? Um, so what this suggests to me is that we're also potentially going to see a lot of acquisition going on in the mining space because you've got those big producers uh, that haven't invested in CapEx uh, or have underinvested in CapEx, according to this chart, that now that the gold price is picking back up again, uh, you know, they want to get supply, um, but they aren't going to be able to bring it online quickly themselves. So I think they're going to go out and start buying these targets. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. We are at the beginning stages of another cycle in M&A. The last cycle was from uh, 2000, maybe to 2012, something like that. Um, then it went dormant, and now we're restarting another M&A cycle. And I'm, that's not just me saying that. That's many analysts in the industry saying for many reasons that we're on the cusp of another cycle of M&A. And the big reason is exactly what you say, because they're going to need ounces. Reserves are down globally, uh, grades are down globally, uh, cash uh, that has been spent on exploration has been in mostly brownfields, uh, meaning around their existing operations. Uh, here's an interesting stat. In the last M&A cycle, uh, from, I think they measured it from 98 to 2011, I believe. Um, all the ounces that the gold producers had were mined out during that 12, 14 year period. Um, so how did they replace them? <clears throat> A lot of them were replaced from their own exploration, but the growth, the increase in the number of uh, reserve ounces that were uh, found and acquired by gold producers were from acquisitions. 92% of the growth in gold reserves came from M&A in the last cycle. So that tells me if we have anything remotely similar to that, there's going to be millions and millions of ounces bought, you know, in this next cycle. And that would apply to both gold and silver. Uh, either way, we're on the cusp of another cycle of M&A. And so that's a, a very good uh, strategy, I think, is to make sure you're owning the best of the best uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, gold and silver companies. All right, great. And so this is our segue into topic number three here, which is your, your current stock picks. Um, so, uh, you know, what's exciting about what you're talking about there is, is that's when the mining sector really comes alive, right? That's when we begin to see kind of the crazy returns in the sector is when all of a sudden there's sort of this scramble for gold. 
and the sector does well in general, but the smaller companies tend to do um, much better because they have more risk associated with them uh, because they're out there exploring and, and developing uh, mines. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, the producers are bigger, they've got bigger balance sheets, they don't grow as fast. Uh, so anyways, the, the, the real hot action, you know, tends to happen in, this, in the smaller end of the, the, the sector there. Um, so a couple of things that I want you to comment on. One is, um, you know, you, you, you want acquisition to heat up because that's what sort of begins to get that interest going that almost builds to sort of a frenzy. Um, and when that's going on, a lot of these, you know, companies, their share, their share prices on the, on the exchanges, you know, start going up dramatically because people begin thinking that they might be acquisition targets or they start just getting really excited about this. One of the, the downsides potential of acquisitions, at least in the early stages, is you can have these great plays that get taken out for a 50% or 100% right. premium where you really want that stock to be like a thousand you know, percent returner, right? So yes. there's a little bit of that risk. Um, so feel free to comment on that in just a second. But also, um, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the lower half of the market, the smaller companies that I'm talking about. So there's really kind of two main ETFs in this space. There's the GDX, which is those larger producers. And then there's the GDXJ. So we're sort of expecting the GDXJ to outperform GDX in this sort of next bull cycle, you've got the GDX Jeff, um, which you're saying you think is going to outcompete GDXJ. So, with that context being set, tell us how GDXJ's do uh, Jeff's doing, and uh, any any updates on those companies that you want to share with folks. Well, as far as the M and A getting bought out too early, that type of thing, yes, that is a risk. Um, but again, that doesn't change our strategy. Uh, as an investor, you still want to buy the best of the best, right? You still want assets that are big and rich, run by really good people, the best in the business in pro mining jurisdictions. Uh, but yes, you know, my favorite saying is, you know, every manager before they get bought out is 5X first, please. You know, that's that's why we're investing. We want that big run, right? Uh, but you'd still get a win if they do buy them out at a 30, 40, 50% premium. Um, it's going to pick up. There, there's little doubt in the minds of most analysts that M&A is going to pick up. So, but again, our strategy remains the same, go with the best of the best. And then yes, in our, uh, the bonus video I did there was the GDXJ, the junior miners ETF versus my portfolio, the GDX Jeff. So which J do you want to pick was kind of my angle of that talk. Um, it, it's doing fine. Uh, as you and I talk, it's up uh, 13% since it officially started, which was January 24th, the first day after that video aired. Um, but here's the thing about that portfolio. A lot of uh, the companies have not released any real material news yet. So a lot of this pop has been just based on the movement of gold and silver themselves. Uh, there's been some news from some of them, but nothing real earth shattering. So all the big news for these stocks and the reason I picked them is still ahead. So it's not too late to buy these. They're all up uh, varying degrees. Um, only one stock is not up. It's down about two to 3%, it looks like. Um, but, uh, you know, all the others are, are up. So, uh, but my point is, you know, all the big catalysts for almost each of these companies is still ahead. So it's not too late to buy it. So I, I'm very excited about that portfolio. I am personally heavily invested in that portfolio. So full disclosure there. But again, I own a lot of mining stocks and these are the ones that I think have the best shot 
uh, of doing real well. So we'll see, but we've got uh, 10 months or so to go uh, officially on that challenge. So we'll see how we do, but I like my odds. All right, and so folks, if you haven't yet watched uh, Jeff's presentation where he goes into great detail about each one of the companies in that GDX Jeff portfolio, um, you can watch it here. I'll put up a link to it right here. You should definitely go watch that. Uh, full disclosure, I own all of those stocks as well, largely influenced by Jeff and his uh, his uh -oh. master picking there. <laughs> yeah, so I know who to blame. Uh, if all goes goes wrong, uh, but it's off to a good start, as Jeff's saying. Um, all right, so Jeff, uh, are you, you know, the, 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 those prices really showed some life uh, recently as, as gold and silver have gone up. Um, they've cooled off a little bit. Um, there's still some nice gains there, though. Um, you just said you expect things to to pick up going forward, especially as these companies start reporting uh, their earnings or you know drill results and things like that. Um, are you adding to those positions at this point in time? Well, I already own those positions. I have added uh, over various periods of time. Um, uh, you know, I <laughs> I'm pretty fully invested in that portfolio already. Um, I've disclosed before that my two biggest personal investments are in that portfolio, the first being First Majestic Silver. And by the way, that's the leading performer. A producer is actually the leading performer in that portfolio. It's up over 30 percent uh, as you and I talk here in the past six, seven weeks, whatever it is. Um, so it's doing really well. Uh, and the reason it's in there and the reason it's one of my is my largest holding is because it has tremendous leverage to the silver price. It's up over 30% on a less than 10% move in silver. So uh, that's why I like it. Uh, and then the second is Cassier Gold. I've talked about that a lot before. That's my second largest personal investment. Uh, great future there run by the top people in a pro mining jurisdiction, one of the best jurisdictions. So uh, it's actually the second best performer in that portfolio. So. I own a lot of these to answer your question already. Um, I might, you know, uh, buy a little more if um, one of them sold off on some news that was not management's issue, was not their fault. Um, so absent any, you know, non-specific uh, company news, then I probably won't be adding to them because I'm already very long. My point to anybody who's interested in it is it's, it's definitely not too late. If I'm right about these stocks, and again, we take a basket approach because we might be wrong about one or two, right? But if I'm right about the basket in general, it's not too late because very few have released any material news yet. So uh, I think it could be exciting, especially given the backdrop of where we think gold and silver are headed. All right. And that's mainly why I was asking that question, which was, you know, for somebody that hasn't bought in, is it still an opportune time? Sounds like you're saying totally not too late. Uh, which I'm sure is great for a lot of folks to hear here. Um, one thing I just want to touch on too that you mentioned. Uh, so First Majestic, um, you said is is highly leveraged to the price of silver, meaning it, it you know when silver heads in a direction of a certain magnitude, uh, First Majestic heads in that same direction, but usually at some multiple of that magnitude. Uh, there are ETFs out there that track the price of silver. Um, there are some that are leveraged, I'm thinking specifically about a, an ETF called AGQ, which I think is a 2x silver fund, which I have owned at times. And um, those, those leveraged ETFs, uh, they have a, uh, 
uh, they have a tracking issue that that over time they begin to sort of separate from the the ac activity right. of the underlying metal um <clears throat> but they also have these costs that the longer you hold them they they hold futures contracts basically and they have to keep rolling over those contracts right. and that cost reduces the gain of the etf over time and so you know i sort of woke up to the fact that first majestic was you know basically as levered if not more to the price of silver but it's actually got you know silver in the ground. It's a silver producer. You're not you're you, you don't have either of those same issues uh, that that the ET, leverage ETFs have. So if you're if you're you know want to speculate a little bit on the price of silver, maybe instead of looking at those ETFs, you want to look at a company like First Majestic. Yeah, those levered ETFs uh, they're great for traders if you're right in the short term. But yeah. long term, short term they... being like a couple of days or a week, really ideally. <laughs> Right, because there are costs and that leverage, that, that 2x becomes 1.5x if you hold on to it too long, right? So uh, if I want leverage, I, I'm going to go to a miner that I think is well positioned to offer that leverage. Uh, and that's what that portfolio, I believe, will offer. Uh, so yeah, I personally don't use uh, uh, paper products anyway. So, right, I'm going to own the physical or I'm going to own a miner not a futures contract. All right, great. Well, Jeff, as you wrap things up here, is there anything else going on in the metals or mining space that you think folks should know about right now? Uh, I think we should expect some consolidation here. It, it's totally normal uh, for what the prices are doing to, to do that, to, to cool. Uh, I, I think, you know, at some point here, though, there's going to be another leg up. And of course, all the things that Mike Maloney has talked about, you know, some kind of reset in the monetary system, especially as it relates to the currency, that's only going to strengthen the case for gold and silver and push them higher and higher. So we're in a bull market. That's the message. We're in a bull market for gold and silver. Dips should be bought and, uh, you know, don't go crazy. But this is a sector that, you know, I want to be overweight because just by default, everything else is bloated in value right now. This is the one that's offering, especially silver, uh, the best value in terms of, you know, where it's priced now versus where it could be going. So uh, I do think it, this is a time to have meaningful exposure, if not overweight exposure. Meaningful exposure, if not overweight exposure. Okay, great. And Jeff, you do a very good job of um, posting updates to kind of how you're looking at the markets uh, and even sharing when you buy a new miner, which, which one you're buying and why. So people can follow you, I believe, both at goldsilver.com and on Twitter, correct? I, I read exclusively for uh, Gold Silver on the Gold and Silver Markets. So if you sign up there for the newsletter, you get uh, all that before the public. And I share everything, including my own personal picks on Twitter at The Gold Advisor. Um, it's hard to provide a lot of you know, in-depth updates on Twitter, right, on these things. But I'll comment once in a while. And if I do add something, I will disclose that on Twitter. That's kind of been my promise to Twitter. So, All right. Awesome. Well, folks, if you're interested in following the miners and you're not yet following Jeff through those two channels, you should do so right now. And for everybody else that has not yet seen Jeff's video where he outlines the portfolio that he's built uh, under GDX Jeff, uh, go to Wealthion.com slash GDX Jeff and watch it there now. Thanks so much for joining me, Jeff. Uh, everybody else, if you like these videos, want to see more of them, please support this channel by hitting the like button, then clicking on the subscribe button below, as well as that little 
bell icon right next to it. Look forward to seeing you when I'm back, Jeff. Everybody else, thanks so much for watching. Thanks for having me, Adam. Talk to you again soon. Thank you.